This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! You know, just got out of whack. I mean, it's really kind of mysterious, isn't it? Walk, walk the guy with two out, somebody on, three runs, walk the guy in the ninth, two runs. <laughs> But he just, you know, the first walk, and then he's trying to make pitches, and he's just missing, and he walks and walks and walks. But I mean, what, what he did to hang in there and pitch six things is amazing. I mean, Tony LaRusso, White Sox manager, he is right. I mean, it might have sounded like he was hemming and hawing and trying to come up with his words, like I was struggling with my words earlier when – Describing the delectables that go on top of a piece of sushi. It's but not peppermint. It's not peppermint. What was it? It was uh, it was ginger, wasn't it? Ah, okay. You got. It. I was just quizzing you. I wanted to. See, I wanted to see. I hadn't if you were using yet. your words. Okay. Okay. You're still with us, man. Yeah. So the the Yankees beat the White Sox five to one today. Uh, Mark Rody with you on score overnight, and yeah, what a wacky game it was for Michael Kopech as he goes six innings. Allowed three runs on one hit, struck out three, walked four. But check me out, Haw. Kopech, in the second inning, allowed three runs. Two on bases loaded walks. Walking Aaron Hicks with the bases loaded. Walking DJ LeMayhew with the bases loaded. And then a wild pitch. Three-nothing Yankees. It felt there, there, there was a sense of chaos going on. Like It felt like the Yankees were going to build on that. And this was just going to be a nightmare day where it was going to be end up being a bullpen day, and Tony was going to have to like bring in not only bring in Ryan Burr, but just leave him in. You know what I mean? Like one of those days where like, okay, screw it, Burr's coming in. You're going to pitch the next five innings. I don't care what happens because that's what happens when you when you have to pull your starter sometimes, depending on what's going on in the Sox bullpen. And it doesn't seem like good things have been going on there recently, but. Um, so, but there was there was a settling down, man. It was wild because the Kopech and the Sox pen, Brian Burr, Reynaldo Lopez, and Jose Ruiz come in. They retire 21 in a row until the walk to Josh Donaldson. I was trying to think of who walked, and it was Ruiz walking Josh Donaldson and then Ruiz giving up a – excuse me, the oh, – wait a minute. 
excuse me. Boy, I'm getting my facts um, all distorted here. Jose Ruiz walks Josh Donaldson with two outs in the ninth, and then Joey Gallo hits the two-run homer to make it 5-1 Yankees, and that essentially ended the game. But somebody put it really well, and it was that it was almost like Michael Kopech acted as his own reliever in this game. Like somebody, it was like a brand-new Michael Kopech. He walks off the mound pissed off in the second inning, and then from from there forth, you know, he's at about 51, 52 pitches. Maybe he's more than that. And you can't even see it on the NBC Sports Tracker. So I have no idea how many pitches he had. But he, he comes in, and, he God, he was really good. He was like the way Michael Kopech has been throughout this season. Like not dominant, not like he's blowing hitters away this year, but he's getting outs. He's getting outs. And his pitch very well and ended up, Pitching well, like I was, I was listening to Len Casper doing the game, and he's like, he's saying, "Oh, the Kopech's been excellent today." And I'm thinking to myself, can you really call a guy excellent when he walks two guys with the bases loaded and allows another on a wild pitch? But I gotta say, to be able to rebound from that, who rebounds from walking two guys in with the bases loaded? It's pretty it's pretty rare, man, if not unprecedented, that you'd even have the opportunity to do so. So I'll give Michael Kopech a thumbs up for that, even though it was, you know, the, that was the game. That was the game in the second inning. 312-644-6767. Dan, near Midway, has been waiting. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you waiting. What's going on? No problem, uh, Mark. How you doing? And, uh, thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Thanks for making it. Yeah, I uh, I was telling you the producer that uh, I was listening to score Saturday morning, and they had a Bruce Levine on, and he was yeah. saying, oh, talking about the trade that Hoyer has made so far that we're good. I said, good? What are you talking about? Trade all the top, we trade all the top players, and not even one guy is on the team to make an impact. And all he left us is with the uh, Ortega, Schwindel. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then you go get Madrigal. Are you serious? And then over the weekend, I got to watch the Yankees, which I don't care about, about it, but I watch. And all the infield of the Yankees is made out of Cubs. You know that. Well, First, you have. Second, well, let's. Third, third. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that because you got Rizzo, you got Glabor Torres, Josh Donaldson with a catcher in the Cubs organization. Who's their and second Lemieux. base? Oh, and Lemieux, holy bleep. I didn't even put that together, man. Oh, my God. Great call, Dan. Great call. Yes, and I'm frustrated. And we trade all the top dog, I mean, excuse me, my my term, players, and we didn't get one guy to be better than Ortega. Are you serious? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Or then you go get Madrigal? Who the heck is this guy? I hope when, what's his name, uh, Horner comes back with uh, Simmons in, that he can sit on the bench and get the dust off. Yeah, man. It. Yeah. No, I, hey, Dan, thanks for the call. It's a really good one. I, I'm glad that you waited. I hadn't even put that together, that the entire defense there from, from third to first with Josh Donaldson, who, yeah, he never played with the Cubs on the big league team, but he was a Cubs draft pick. And Glaber Torres, famously, he was the, the guy the Cubs traded to get um, – uh, Aroldis Chapman that year to the Yankees, obviously. And Aroldis Chapman lands back with the Yankees. And, oh, my God, D- DJ LeMayhew. There you go. And, of course, Anthony Rizzo. So that's that's pretty amazing to think about. Josh Donaldson, too, as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I mentioned him. Oh, pa- yeah. Apparently, the the you're falling asleep on me, Sean. There it is. I, I knew it was it. coming. I, I knew it, it was coming. I, yep, you, yep. you did accurately say you listened to most of what I say earlier. <laughs> I got. I was seventy five. You were right. Yeah. Did you know that Josh Donaldson was a catcher in the Cubs organization? I did know that actually. Yep. What else do you know, Sean? What else would you like to tell us? That you um, know? I don't know. I have uh, many leather bound books. Oh, sick. What actually? I don't know this. I'm not quizzing you on this. What round sure. was Donaldson? Was he? He was like a like a weight. Like he was late a late round. pick. Yeah, yeah I like, want to say, like, say like a tenth round. Yeah, it was, or I, I was, it was like twelfth round or something like that. He was a yeah. guy they they didn't expect to get anything out of, and he just started hitting. So I think he was included in the uh, he was in the Chris Archer deal. I think. Okay, and Chris Archer, another guy that never played a inning with the Cubs when he was drafted by that organization, right. and then was on the move. Um, God, who was he with when I interviewed him? Um, damn, probably maybe Tampa Bay. Uh, had to been at that point, right? Because was, oh, was he ever a mole? No, no, you're right. It had to be Tampa Bay. He was with Tampa Minnesota Bay. for like a little bit, okay. um, and then he was with the Pirates for like a couple seasons. But it was it was probably I would assume it'd be Tampa. That was when he was good. I was gonna say, doesn't it feel like he had a fast like? prime like he had it, like, like two seasons where like he had an era that was like below 350 and everyone was like okay this guy's gonna turn it on he's the next yeah. great race pitcher and and then he yeah. just kind of didn't quite never do happened it. never happened for for chris archer really but a really cool dude i i it must have been when he was with tampa bay it was when i was doing pre and post and i went to the the whoever he was playing for and the cubs opposing he was just very engaging, very willing to talk, and talked about his time with the Cubs. And yeah, wouldn't it be cool to, you know, put on the Cubs uniform and all that kind of stuff? But yeah, he just like he got to a point and maxed out, and then you just don't hear Chris Archer's name anymore. But yeah, him and uh, him and uh, Andrew Kashner were the two big names that the Cubs were expecting to come through that uh, that rotation, and obviously. Uh... <laughs> One guy turned into Carlos Pena, the other one turned into uh, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. Yeah, no, that was a great. And and you know, some people were some people were discouraged when the Cubs. I mean, it was a little bit of a surprise with the Cashner thing. We, nobody really knew that Rizzo was going to turn into what he has turned into. I mean, right? He, he was. I, I know he he had been. I think he had even been struggling. He was with struggling the with the Padres. Yeah, they were they were uh, uh, they were platooning him at first base. He couldn't. The the book on him was that he couldn't hit lefties. That's right. Yeah, I mean, cheers to Anthony Rizzo just becoming an expert hitter who seems to get a little bit better at hitting the art of hitting every year. But yeah, no, Kashner was you know for people who don't remember you know big Texan fireballer who also faded away. Like, he had some decent years, but never was an ace, you know, yeah. was never got great, and it felt like there was a chance that he could be great, but he never was. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, back to Dave's point, and, you know, we did this recently. We had on uh, Kyle Glazer from the from Baseball America to talk about right. some of these these prospects, and it's true even the the ones that are thriving right now are in or that you're excited about are guys that are at this point in in low A, right? I right. mean I mean your your best names in your system are guys that are like 19 and uh yeah. you just don't know, like it you know 19 year olds are just so hard to predict cuz their body's going to change like yes. no matter what like it's going to happen it might happen i mean for me it was later but uh <laughs> for some people it's you know it, it changes automatically and you just have to like you know like 
when you're 19 year old, everything's super raw. Like you're still trying to get the fundamentals down. Like, and a lot of these guys, like the guys they got back in that Darvish deal are all guys. I think like between the four of them, they had played like 40 games of pro ball and it was from the Arizona fall league in 2019. Uh So like these guys are still just trying to learn how to like get acclimated to the system. So you just didn't know what you're getting. And so far, like they look okay, but you know, in two years, that's when you really have to figure out if these guys for real or not. Right. I mean, the guy, the just to give the thumbnail to people, like Pete Crow Armstrong, PCA, the 20 year old, to your point, 20, 20 year old um, center field prospect from Myrtle Beach, which is the low A Carolina League. He was part of the, the Javier Baez deal. He's been very good this year. He's been, he's a really good defensive player. I think he's pretty polished in that regard already, but he is hitting to go along with the fielding. So there is promise for Pete Crow Armstrong, but he's going to have to go through the different. This is not a guy who's going to, you know, all just jump from where he is now to the big. So he right. could be a couple of years off still. I mean, and he was hurt when the Cubs acquired him. Um, he was actually exactly. a guy the Cubs wanted to draft in that 2018 draft. They ended up getting Nico Horner instead. But, um, you know, that, that was a guy that, or 2019 draft, whatever it was, they targeted him, didn't get him. He got to the Mets system and then was hurt. So, like, the Cubs are going to be really, like, uh, I mean, he's batting 400, above 400 right now. Right now, Myrtle Beach, like he's crushing the ball, but they're taking yeah. their time. They want him to just kind of, you know, make sure he's ready to go before they put any more pressure on him. Yeah, well, there's the injury, and then he, like all minor leaguers, his season was banged and gone during right. the pandemic year. So, yeah, so you got to figure this is really, I don't know, would this be considered his first full year it of is. minor league baseball? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and man, that's we could that's be... the situation for a lot of guys, and that's yeah. where like you know people were talking last year, especially Baseball America was saying like they they had a lot of guys they're really low on, but there were plenty of people in the system that like they were saying like you know a year in this Cub system and these guys could be top fifty prospects. There's a good amount of those guys that pop up. I I think that changes once they do those mid season rankings after the All Star break. We'll probably see some more names on the Cubs, and I, I think people will feel a little bit better about their system. Yeah, and I think one guy, too, and I don't know what he's done lately. I mean, things maybe have changed in the last couple of weeks. I don't know, but Caleb Killian, who was, was starting pitcher. Dealing. Still dealing. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was he was really good in his last start for Iowa. I think he had eight or nine strikeouts. He's Assuming he stays healthy, he gets a couple more innings under his belt. The Cubs are going to call him up. He'll be a guy good. that ends up here in June. Yeah, you know, instead of everybody sitting around waiting for, you know, oh, the, there's an update on Alec Mills. Uh, he's doing a rehab. like, who cares, you know? I mean. <laughs> right. Like, Alec Mills is is like, God bless Alec. Alec Mills threw a no-hitter once in Milwaukee. God bless him. But instead of breathlessly reporting, well, I breathlessly, it's probably exaggeration on my part. How about to give Caleb Killian a start? So, and he was, right. again, part of the KB deal. And you say, Sean, that he's been, he's kept it up. He's he's ready to go. He's ripe. Yeah, he's been good. And and the other thing, too, with him, he's not on the 40-man roster. So he's got to be added because he's Rule 5 eligible this year. So he could get picked up by a team. So the Cubs uh, are going to add him. It's, it's okay. going to happen. I'm sure okay. they're just waiting until, like, it makes sense to do so. Like, right now. Now, like if, if the injuries they were dealing with now with like Stroman and Smiley going down last week, if that had happened like mid June, I bet you Killian was probably a guy they'd bring up. 
Is this a service time thing then? So they have to. The Rule Five draft is weird. We're like basically like after players have been in a minor league system for X amount of time or have acquired a certain amount of service time, they're allowed to go back into the draft or go back into this Rule Five draft where a team oh. could swap a pick oh, for the yeah, player. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of like okay. the uh, what's it, the 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 NFL has that kind of draft too, where it's like the compensatory pick or yes, not that exactly. compensatory right i know what you're talking about right so like he has to be added to the 40-man roster by a certain date otherwise he will be included in the rule five draft so as long as the cubs put him on the active roster um it's fine so they're, they're gonna have to do that but they've got a couple guys they're gonna have to do that with too so it, it just we were talking about this with speaks or i was with speaks earlier today the cubs are gonna probably make some moves like i love wilson Contreras. i'd love to see the cubs extend him you're probably going to see him get moved at the deadline. Yeah, they would have extended him by now. Right. Like it, it's clear that the two sides are off on you know that the Wills Contreras right. wants more. He wants to be paid like a you know JT Real Muto and some of these other catchers that have gotten and their he, bundle. He, he deserves that, but it does. just doesn't make sense for the Cubs right now. He does, and somebody will pay him, and he's going to be really good for a contending team. You know right. what I mean? Like he, he he's going to Wills Contreras. I promise you, he, he may get a like. He may, you know, break the bank in terms of a catcher because I mean, he's having a hell of a season, man. Offensively, he's been great, and then yeah. obviously he just, I mean, the dude's just been nothing but a stud behind play, home plate oh. since he got there. How about this? How about this, man? How about um, the Cardinals are going to have an opening at catcher next year? Uh, don't say things like that to me. Yadier uh, Molina in his. Uh, oh, I I was thinking about this today. Like, so I was reminded that this is the last year for Yadier of the Molinas. Yeah. And so two things come to mind. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if the Cardinals made a pitch for Wilson Contreras. They've seen him and scouted him and uh, been done in by him in the past. Or maybe they've they've seen him and said, Ah, we don't want that on our team. <laughs> you know, it's possible. Not the but, Cardinals' way. Yeah. 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 Right. That's not the Cardinals' way. I could see them making a play for Wilson Contreras. That would seem to be right up their alley. I also wonder, too, if Yadier – who's the manager of uh, the it's, Cardinals right it's, now? It's uh, Oliver Marmol. It might be Olivier or Olivier. Um, somebody. Somebody, mm -hmm. right. It's Marmol. But so so I, can you see? I could see Yadier Molina being the manager of this team. That's see, that's where yeah. I thought you were going with that. That hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my God, he's been. Wasn't he when Mike Matheny managed there? Wasn't he the manager? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Did not he just basically tell him everything he was going to do? And yeah. Then that other guy that was there the last couple of Schild. years, you know, yeah, old old Schild, Mike Schild, yeah. And Mike Schill was actually a pretty good manager. Uh, he was all right. He gave me some Mike Quaddy vibes, but, you know, not, not necessarily <laughs> like he was the same manager, but just kind of like that same role where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm still here. I don't really understand, but I'm here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I always felt like for all these, like, man, since Tony La Russa, Yadier Molina's basically been the manager of the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's kind of been his way. It's the, it's the Yadier's way. So I could see a scenario where Yadier Molina is managing the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras is catching and Sean Sears will throw up. Yeah. I see all of those things happening. I uh, The other team I would say to mention, uh, the Mets, they just had Brian McCann go down. Um, or not Brian McCann, uh, who's the White Sox former catcher. More, more, like, more like Brian, no, you can't. <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Brian McCann. What's what it, was the question? James McCann. Is that what his name? The, who was the catcher for the White Sox? Oh, oh the White McCann. Sox. James McCann. Yeah. So he yeah. just got hurt for the Mets. He's going to be out for a little bit. Obviously, they're, the Mets are a team that already have a relationship with the Cubs in terms of trading, and they would have probably no problem extending a guy like Contreras. 
that seems like the no-brainer deal to me. But I don't know if the mm. Mets are really, I mean, I don't know if they've shown interest in it yet. But that that's a team that makes sense now for sure. How about uh, Wilson Contreras of the White Sox? That that I could see. You're just just I'm, trying to I'm, I'm just trying to upset you. me on this Monday morning. Yeah. You've had a long day, Mark. I I'm sorry, man. That's right. You already did. Um, see, you've already done one show today. I, guess, I have well, yesterday, yeah. technically. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, that was hit hit and run, right, with the Speaks. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We uh, it was oh, it yeah. was a fun day. It was a fun day. Speaks was uh he was at the White Sox game yesterday, actually the walk off on Saturday. Oh, very cool. I missed hit and run today. I got to tell you, like I had a weird. I had a day um, sleep night last night or on Saturday night. Went out Saturday night um, to the South Loop, met met with a couple friends for dinner. And the only reason I'm telling that part is because I walked. It was like – and it, it was good – well, people don't know where the hell I live. But anyway, it was a good – It's a it was a 60-minute walk from where I live in Chicago. Whoa. So, yeah, and I, I'm like that. Like, I don't mind. I'm like, I'm like, you know, the, the quintessential city dude. You know, I walk around with my backpack on. Sure. Go to coffee shops, and I walk everywhere. Well, it was, so it was nice weather on Saturday, too. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, like, if you put in the right music in your ears, you're not even feeling the steps go by. Like, I, so that that's just me. But that is a long walk. And then I walked about halfway home and then jumped on the red line to get the rest of the way just because I was like, you know what? I've had it. But um, I slept like a mother bleeper on Friday. I went to bed about 11 or so, fell right asleep, which I don't do. Like I've always, like since I was a kid, I am not a good sleeper, but I fell right asleep and I slept until I slept until noon and I, but here's the thing. Here's the kicker to this great story. I could have slept for honestly, God, I could have slept probably for another three hours. Like I don't know what was going on. Like I was just being seduced by the power of sleep. Like, and I really didn't have any great reason to get. Well, I did, and it was to watch the baseball game so I could be prepared for today. But like, I don't. I was like, is something wrong with me here? Like, why is my yeah, body, why mono I, or something like that? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like why is my body allowing me to have the desire to? To, like and I kept waking up, you know, like ten o'clock. I wait, you know how that happened. Like, you just kind of wake up and you look at the clock. It's yeah. like oh, I'm going back to bed because I did set the alarm to get up like at nine, and I kept on pushing it. I'm like, I'll get up at ten. No, 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 and then I'd fall right back asleep. I could have slept for another three hours, and I think I know what it is. It's the overnights. I think it's the in the overnights and the intermittent fashion in which I do them. That like my body eventually is like this is catch up day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, especially when you're not like in the normal routine of it too, where it's like a couple days on, a couple days off. It's just like it's tough, you know. Yeah, the right and like my body is just, and I don't feel sick or anything like that. You said like mono, you know, could it be? Is it COVID or something like that? And it's you know I feel great like health wise, but. Yeah, I was just exhausted that night. But I, I mentioned the walking and the heat because, you know, that could add to it, too. Like, it, it was hot, and I did walk a tremendous – I mean, it was a 15,000-step day is what I'm trying to tell you here, Sean. So Okay. It, it, yeah, it could – and I not to mention I hit the treadmill earlier. I didn't know I, – I, early in my day, I didn't know <laughs> did, I didn't was know how much do, walking you had up there. I didn't know I was going to do the walking. So, yeah, I, I was like, well, i got to get my 30 minutes in on the treadmill and the – in the workout room in my building. And then it's like, you know what, my God, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go out here and walk to the South loop, went to uh flow and Santos. Have you ever been to flow and Santos? No, I've heard of it though. My cousin used to live in the South loop. I actually used to talk about that place a bunch. 
I I was delighted. It was the first time I'd been there. It was in it was a uh, beer garden situation or outdoor eating. I don't know if you call it a beer garden. Sure. Um, and it was just deluxe. I had an awesome burger. It was Ooh, just great. That yeah. sounds wonderful. That's a great oh, way to spend so your good. Saturday, man. Oh, it was so perfect, right? I mean, like outside, it wasn't too hot, so it was miserable. It was like, put your shades on, put your ball cap on, hang out with your boys. And um, sip on some sip on some diet cokes and have a few wings, have a burger, a little side salad going on, and just wonderful, wonderful conversation, um, like I am having with you guys here tonight. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number to call or to text here on the score. The Yankees beat the White Sox five to one. The Cubs beat the Diamondbacks three to two. Game sevens in the NBA went to Boston and Dallas, and we're going to talk Bears a little bit later on, too. We're going to make the case. Uh, Adam Rank, who we had on recently, did make a case for the Bears to win this year, like to be good. So we'll hear what his rationale is because I'm out there. I'm definitely looking for optimism as it pertains to the Chicago Bears, and I haven't had a chance to go through the schedule with you guys. So we're going to go through the schedule and see what it looks like and see whether it looks like a thumbs up or a thumbs down for each of the 17 games on the on the bear schedule this year all of those things coming up and of course you at 312-644-6767 on chicago sports radio 670 the score let's get back to more mark crody on score overnights on sports radio 670 the score no, I think it's. I think everything's going. Everything's been going really well so far. I think the relationship with Justin is, has been really good too. You know, some of these new guys that, that uh, have come in the building that didn't even know Justin before, um, they've all connected really well. Uh, things have been um, getting better every single day. I mean, uh, the routes that we get to throw during the week and you know implement some of that stuff on air. I mean, all that stuff has been really good, and uh, I'm really I'm really impressed. Can't wait to see these guys run around again in OTAs. Just a you know that mini camp. Everything was so new and everything. Guys were spinning a little bit. Still. I feel like everyone's got a really good grasp of what's going on right now, so it'll be fun to watch them in OTAs. OTAs back this week for the Chicago Bears, and that was Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze talking about Justin Fields and getting to know some of these guys. I don't know if Justin Fields had heard of some of these guys that the Bears have signed uh, to the team, um, as I do welcome you back in. (laughs) We're all learning. That's what we're doing here, Sears. We're all learning. Here on Score Overnight, I'm Mark Grody, 312-644-6767. I'll be out at Hallis Hall on Tuesday. That's when the, the media availability is. So who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk to Luke Getze again. I know we'll get to talk to Matt Eberflus, and we'll see which players that we'll get to talk to. We'll probably get to talk to a handful of guys out there, and everybody's going to be present, man. This just ain't just the rookies running around out there you're gonna you know trevor simeon's gonna be out there equinemia st brown kari blasson game see justin fields gotta get to know these guys you gotta listen to score overnight i'll take care of you see what justin jones looks like in this three technique position and kadeen muhammad rushing from the outside and all that kind of fun nick morrow and the the blazing speed so otas this week and i will be reporting from hallis hall right here on chicago sports radio 670 the score it's hard to make a case for the bears to be a winning team this year we we all know that and like i said we'll, we'll go through the schedule 
a little bit later on, and uh, I will tell you personally how I feel about each and every game at this point in the season, which is a uh, – I admit it's a ridiculous exercise, but it's a fun exercise. So we'll we'll definitely go through that. But when people say, like, the over-under is at 7 or 8 or something like that, like, I'm comfortable with people saying it's the under. I understand. There's just, like, this roster that you don't have – the game-changing players on either side of the football. Certainly not on offense unless, you know, all of it is contingent upon, like, if Justin Fields takes the, the, the next step to where people think he is in terms of a high-ceiling talent in the NFL, that could change everything. But, obviously, you don't have those vital players plugged in yet on offense, except for Robert Quinn, same deal on defense, same deal on defense for sure. Um, you got guys that are professional players, but no game changer. So it is, it's impossible to make a case to say, oh yeah, the bears are going to be, you know, win 10 games this year, 11 games, nine games. I have a trouble saying, but recently we had, Adam Rank from NFL Network on score overnight. And the Rankster actually is very optimistic about the upcoming season. Take a listen to this. Well, Kyle Brandt called me out on GMFB, and he's like, well, Adam Rank always picks him to win 10 games. So I'm like, why not? Okay, fine. I'll pick him to win 10 games. <laughs> the NFC is down this year. Like, there's – the NFC is down – like, there's no, like, Matt Nagy owned the Lions and the Vikings. Like, what, why, so Eberflus should be able to do that as well. I'm not going to say, that, like, I between those two teams, they should have three wins. Um, I think I got bullied into saying the Bears are going to beat the Packers one of the games this year on the Take It to the Rank of the Sick podcast today. So, fine. I, I think they find a way to win some games. I think they're a lot more competitive than people are going to give them credit for. I think that, you know, when you have a solid running game, rebuilding the the secondary, and if the three technique comes through, and I would still like to see somebody back up Justin Jones. Um, I said on the podcast today that right guard is probably our biggest need. Sure. Other than I guess uh, Shea Marshaw, Marcel, sorry. I always, I always put the H on there. Um, he was like, we need that backup three technique, which I think, you know, now that I look at him, like, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but if we could, if, if the three technique comes through, I go, I think the defense is going to be fine. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I get that people want to write this year off, but I think that's the media wants us to write it off. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, I I have a hard time agreeing with, I mean, I want to agree with Adam Rank from NFL Network on that recently a live guest here on score overnight because you know he lives out on the west coast and it uh, yeah i i hate though doing the whole well the conference is down or the division is down like fill in the blank team is going to be good because the division sucks and it might be true I just think that's kind of a loser mentality. Like, if a team is thinking that, I mean, I get it from a broadcaster or a fan. Yes, you look at it. Yeah, I mean, my God, this this division is awful. So, and and yeah, good teams take advantage of those things. I just hate the idea of because this is what we went through with the Cubs going into last year. 
I remember that very vividly. It was, oh, yeah, you know, the Cubs are going to be really good this year because the division sucks. Oh, and then you heard some more of that even going into this year because who's really, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's the Cardinals, maybe Milwaukee if they get hitting this year. And, you know, the Pirates are going to suck and the Reds are going to suck. Um, so there's a chance in a division like that. I, I hate that mentality. But, I mean, it, I guess you have to add it in because – if the conference is bad, there's a lot of wins for you in the division and throughout the NFC as well. But I'm still not hearing the case for, you know, when we're talking about backup for the three technique and and the, the right guard spot. I mean, that's that's a problem. And that is the biggest problem I've had with the offseason so far. It still stands. It hasn't changed. I didn't have a big problem with the the Khalil Mack trade. I mean, I I was I was very anxious to see Khalil Mack to be honest with you in a 4-3 defense, but I didn't I understood the, I understood the logic in that trade and, and the obviousness of the the injury wave of Tariq Cohen that had to happen and letting lobbing off Danny Trevathan understandable that they didn't bring him back. The Allen Robinson thing, eh. You know, I, I guess like if there's if look if there's not chemistry between Justin Fields and Allen Robinson, then that's understandable. The move I did not like and still don't like is the James Daniels move. The the letting him get away to go to Pittsburgh on I can't I don't really like was it three years forty one million something like that. It was it was very doable. Let's put it that way. Um, and 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 I still you know it's possible that James Daniels wanted to go to Pittsburgh. I mean, may- maybe. Like, maybe he wanted out of Chicago, was done with the Bears. I don't know. Um, so that's the only way I would excuse that. Other than other than that, I, I, that move did not make sense to me. A young guard whose arrow is, you know, he's 24 years old. His arrow is still pointing up. He's been good. He's been a good offensive lineman on the overall. He started to struggle towards the end of last season. Um, getting beat on a lot of his blocks. But on the overall, he's been a very good player for the Bears. Yeah. So, like right? you said, 24 years old. That was a three year, 26 and, uh, 26.5 million. So, about 26.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said 41. I mean, I overshot. Yeah. He was under under 30 million. I don't know. I, uh, I felt the same way. I thought that was a guy, even if he thought he maybe had a down year. You think like Ryan Poles, a guy that identifies offensive linemen you think that'd be a guy he'd want to work with right yeah i don't get it like i said unless there's something that we don't know about james daniels and his desire to go somewhere else or if he doesn't like ryan paul i don't know i don't know i mean i like i want to think that there's got to be some reason because it makes no sense that here we are now talking about oh is uh, dakota dozier gonna play right guard is uh, Sam Mustafer going to be the right guard, the guy that you've already demoted out of the center position for Lucas Patrick? So I, I you know, uh, like right now, like the way the offensive line is set up, James Daniels would be better than anybody on the offensive line, just pound for pound offensive lineman, period. Like you look at the way it's set up right now. He's better than Lucas Patrick, and I like Lucas Patrick, but he's better than Lucas Patrick. He is... I oh the Cody Whitehair I mean I might have just stumped myself pretty comparable to to Cody Whitehair in terms of age that I guess that's where he gets the thumbs up over Cody Whitehair who's not old but he is older than than James Daniels and then you know Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins right now James Daniels is a better offensive lineman than those two guys so for that price 
um, at this point in this this version of the Bears, I am still not able to make sense out of James Daniels leaving the Bears and right now being a battle between Dakota Dozier and Sam Mustafer for the right guard spot. Now, you you do have a gaggle of offensive linemen who could play guard for this team potentially in the draft. And I know that most of the guys the Bears drafted are either center or tackle. Braxton Jones, the the tackle out of Southern Utah, the fifth rounder, he is um, yeah he's a tackle, but one would assume he could probably play guard. Um, same thing with Zach Thomas, and I think he is better suited to play guard at the NFL level. Same deal for sure. For well, actually, Doug Kramer and um, Jatiree Carter, those two guys both centers. So that's that could happen at guard as well. But I can't sit here and tell you like which it, it, if any of those guys are ready to go in their in the first you know in their first game this year, or if they will all make the team. So um, we shall see. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. Let's see what we got here. We have oh we got Bob Bob and Lagrange. Hello Bob, you're on the score. Yeah, how you doing today? Great, Bob. How are you, my friend? The Bears will be very competitive. Now, they're not drop back passing like they was last year. Run the ball, run the ball, run option pass. It's called field position. We have the guy from Baylor that can run it. He was Big 12 player of the year, Abner. He's a running back. We have Burles Jones that can run deep. He's a 4-3 sprinter. He's not a game changer. We got Donnell Mooney can catch the ball. So we got the kid, the field goal kicker, kick the points. And they got the defense. They playing the cover two like Lovey did uh-huh. with the two good, there's two good secondary guys. We still have Quinn. So you don't have to go out there gamble. And by the way, Ellen Robinson quit on a lot of routes last year. He quit on a lot of routes. So let Fields roll out, okay, get him out the pocket. Oh, he runs. He's athletic. Of course he is. Of course, Lamar Jackson runs also, doesn't he? But guess what? Fields can throw better than Lamar Jackson. See, but here's my problem. Why is everybody putting all the pressure on Fields, what he can or cannot do? Last year, Josh Allen lost in the playoffs. Oh, man. He didn't get the ball in the fourth. He didn't get the ball in the, on the overtime. What do you mean he didn't get the ball in the overtime? He had four, down, he had four quarters. He didn't get the ball. They changed the rule. So, Josh Allen lost. Lost is lost. Let me give you another one. The kid up in Green Bay. That's Aaron Rodgers, I think, right? That guy. That he kid. only won yeah. one. He only won one Super Bowl ever in his life. One. That was 2012. Every time he gets to the playoffs in the last eight, nine years, he's been folding. He he don't get it. Now we talking about how tough he is. I mean, oh, Aaron Rodgers. He lost every time he played in the playoffs. San Francisco, whoever he got beat though. I'm going yeah, back. with Aaron, but with Aaron Rodgers, with Aaron Rodgers, Bob, they got a chance yeah. to be in the Super Bowl every single year. Yeah, they failed quite a bit in the playoffs to get to that point. But with Aaron Rodgers, they are in position to potentially be in a Super Bowl each and every year. What do you now? What are you getting at here, Bob? Are you say you downgrading the quarterback position? Are you saying it's not as important as people think? What do you, what's the what's your point? 
lost only two games in in, in college. Period. You know, he's a very astute player. He has okay, high, I agree. High, I agree with IQ. you. Okay, high IQ on, on and off the field. Yes, and he can throw the ball with anyone, including Aaron Rodgers. His he's arm got, is he's phenomenal. He's got a bomb. He's got a hundred mile an hour fastball. Absolutely. So are you saying that he's going to be great? Is that where we're going? He all he was already was. He well, came he in. He only played what? How many games he played? Eight. Okay. Oh, what he's going to do? He just played one one year. Let's go, right. let's go up. Jackson. Oh yeah, no, this let's is cool. very. You're, you're right. There should be really high hopes for Justin Fields, but he wasn't good last year. He was good in college. Let's, he wasn't good last year, but could, could he because, still be very good? Yes. Well, let me say this. Okay. Cole said, Nagy, they put him in a terrible position. That Cleveland game, they had the guy coming off the edge, hitting him. Pittsburgh hit him illegal, but you, you get hit if you don't get blocked. So let me ask you a question: How, how does the kid do up at? Uh, Minnesota. Cousins. How much money Cousins make? Nobody ever says that. And guess what they say about Trevor Lawrence? Well, this just going to be his rookie year this year. He has Peterson. So he's getting an excuse. Trevor Lawrence, number one. Well, this just is rookie year. They don't want nothing out of Trevor Lawrence. You, you kidding me? The he number one player. He, he, he didn't have a good year last year either, but that team was a mess as well under Urban Meyer. But you they, and I both know that. But they say, but they say this year, this is rookie year. Trevor Lawrence has to learn now. Give him a So you look, at the, you look at this year as Justin Fields' rookie year? Is that what you're getting at? I'm looking at this year, him being in a good offense, somebody uh-huh. know what the heck they're doing, and he don't have to be pressured. Now let That's me say old. this. Pittsburgh hit him, they hit him illegal up around the head, and everybody say the guy can get killed. You would get killed if you had that quarterback with nobody blocking. What's the deal? Now let me ask you a question. <laughs> what what did what did Minnesota do at quarterback? What well, they just give Kirk Carolina? Cousins more money every year. Pretty much is what they do at quarterback in Minnesota. I'm gonna go back, and you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, leave you long after this. You said Aaron Rodgers is a threat to win the win the Super Bowl. No, it was 2012 when he won the Super Bowl. Period. That's it. Yeah, Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson has Super Bowl one. Doug Williams has Super Bowl one. So he's just like the other guy with one Super Bowl. Now all these excuses about he got beat in the playoff, the kick, I didn't get the ball, we should have gone for the field goal. To me, that's an excuse, Aaron Rodgers. But, oh, guess what? You know that kid named Devontae Adams? He's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Okay, so – and then what Roger say? Well, I didn't know he was leaving. The guy said, "I'm tired of your mess. I'm going to play with the quarterback I played with in college." <laughs> so now, let me ask you a question: Who is he going to throw to now? Who is he going to well, throw to uh, now? Who, who's the Who's the next star? I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe we'll find out if Aaron Rodgers was responsible for a lot of the success of Devontae Adams. You know, I, I, we see this with Tom Brady. We see with Aaron Rodgers. All of a sudden, there's there's a, a wide receiver. That'll come out of nowhere and be really good because the quarterback is great. And thanks so much for the call, Bob. I, I appreciate it. I think we we're starting to, to repeat ourselves a little bit there towards the end, but that's okay. But I, I definitely agree with you on, look, the, 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 the Cleveland game was a disaster last year. And I, I did, you know, after thinking back on the season after the year ended, one has to wonder how much that informed Justin Field for the rest of the season. Like, oh, this is the support I'm going to get from the players, from the coaching staff, and that's obviously not good. Um, 
the the Travis Ebner stuff, the the running back who Treston Ebner, the the fifth round running back that you were referencing a little bit earlier was he sixth round? But anyway, the right. I don't know how much of the field he's going to see this. Like in terms of like getting the football, like like seriously, like they have a pretty strong depth chart right now. Um, as it stands with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of room for handoffs to, to Treston Ebner, and hopefully he'll be able to contribute in other ways because he is capable of being of catching pace, a very um, adept receiver as well, but he's not going to get the ball a lot in terms of handoffs. Um, 312-644-6767 is the number. It is – oh, we got Frank. Frank on I-80. What's going on, Frank? Hey Mark, how you doing? Yeah, I love Bob. I love Bob. Bob's a good, good. Him with the like Justin Fields. Yeah, him with the Justin Fields. He got a less. He got a less a couple times. A less. Uh, he, he would go at it with them. Anyway, no, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure where he was going with the Justin Fields thing, but I'll try to decipher that later. What's on your mind? Oh, he loves Justin Fields, and I don't. You know what? I think Devontae Adams ain't going to do that good because of Derek Carr. I'm not a big Derek Carr. I I agree. I I do think that, you know, Devontae Adams is his own man, and they wouldn't have given him all that money in the extension if they didn't think that. But let's face it, like, great core. We've seen it a ton of times between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They have made average wide receivers above average and so on and so forth. Hey, Mark, let me ask you a question. I went to the stock team yesterday. My question is, I think Cole Pack, Okay, Cole Pack in the beginning, like the first two innings, he was a little shaky. But after that, he was lights out. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Tony will let him go to 100 pitches. What are you waiting for? Let him go. This guy is cranked up to go 100 pitches. You agree or not agree? Well, I mean, he's let him go. I don't know. I didn't see the pitch count today, but I know he's It was 87. At- Okay, he's been at like in the early, the low nineties a couple of times this year. I want to say, but and and they have they have let him go more than I thought they would. Honestly, the the kid gloves that they have had for Michael Kopech through the years, at, like is is borderline annoying. So like this year, I just figured it would be more of the same. And they let him go. They let him go. I mean, they weren't letting any pitchers go in the beginning of the season because of the low ramp up, because of the lockout. But they they've they let him go a, a decent amount of time. And you're not seeing. And thanks for the call, man. You you're not seeing many pitchers at all go over a hundred pitchers. I think it was yeah, it was Kyle Hendricks in his start previous to the one this weekend against Arizona, where he went 116 pitches. That was the most by any pitcher in Major League Baseball this year. So 100 is kind of a dirty number for a lot of pitching coaches and managers this year. And if you didn't see Kopech's outing today, he goes six innings, allowed three runs, one hit, three strikeouts, and four walks. Frank, you said a little shaky. He had a disaster in the second inning where he walked two guys with the bases loaded. Then a wild pitch makes it three nothing Yankees. But to your point, Frank, God, I don't think I've ever seen. I, I I can't think of anybody a pitcher recover from walking two guys with the bases loaded. I would say a decent amount of the time that pitcher doesn't last the inning. I would say a really strong amount of the time they don't last beyond the inning. Not only did Kopech last beyond the inning, 
that was, again, that's in the second inning of the game where he's just a disaster, where Ryan Burr is warming up. And you're like, okay, here we go. This is going to be Ryan Burr's baseball for the next five innings, whether he gives up 15 runs or not, and the Sox are just going to get pummeled. But Kopech goes back out there with combined with the White Sox pen. The Sox retired 21 in a row until the walk to Josh Donaldson and the Joey Gallo two-run homer. And on the day, the Yankees had two hits, two hits, and they win five to one. Weird, a couple of really weird, fun games. I say weird, fun. Um, the the game yesterday with that disparity, and then the Dylan Cease game with the with the six runs and eleven strikeouts. Just some bizarreties. But the the point of it is, Sox lose three out of four to the Yankees. Cubs take two out of three from Arizona. They beat the Diamondbacks three to two. Coming up on score overnight. Your calls, 312-644-6767. And you guys are hot for the Bears tonight, so we're going to hear from Dominique Robinson, Bears edge rusher from Miami, Ohio, next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.